everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with a special guest. We have Emmerich Toa. Uh, he is the creative director of the game Fury and a member of the Game Bakers. How are you doing, Emmerich? I'm fine. Thank you very much for, uh, for having me here. Of course. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on the show. Um, specifically, I got your game Fury when it came out for free on PS Plus, and I just actually beat the game last night, so I'm, I'm really excited mm. to speak with you. It is quite a... I don't know how other to say than, like, uh, it's just a visual masterpiece. Like, there's some really psychedelic animations you guys have going on in there. Um, in general, uh, do you want to maybe just give our listener uh, the elevator pitch on what Fury is? Sure. So Fury is, is a boss fight game and you only fight bosses like characters who are uh, strong and, uh, you know, di- unique, different in, in every way. But they are not crazy big creatures like in God of War or Shadow of the Colossus. They are more like uh, an opponent to you that is uh, similar to you. So they are cool looking humanoid characters that you fight more in a duo than in a boss fight, actually. Yes. And that's, that's a, the elevator pitch. It's a boss fight game. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. So the, the premise of the game seems like the main character is in prison. And I guess that leads to my first question. Is it ever determined why the main character was put into prison to begin with? Is he yes. a criminal, so to speak? Or it is there something is else? Everything that is in the game is uh, written and a lot of things that are not in the game is also written like there is we we wrote all the backstory for every character they all have a motivation to fight you have a motivation to fight to start in this jail and you want to get out so that's a strong motivation your your own freedom and and you will fight opponents and you don't really know why they want you to get you back into this jail so we, you will discover that along the way. And they all have a backstory. They all have a reason. And yes, there is a strong reason for why you are there in the first place, for, of course. But I don't want to spoil too much. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, so let's talk about the art style. I, I, If I'm not mistaken, someone who had worked on Afro Samurai helped in the art department for you guys. Is that correct? Yeah, it's actually more than someone who was involved in. It's um, Takeshi Okazaki, the creator of Afro Samurai, the guy who just created the manga and, and managed to make the, the whole animation happen, uh, was a character designer for Fury. Oh, so wow. We have one art director who managed to do all the in-game art and, and, uh, you know, art direction, visuals, models, and, and a lot of shaders and stuff like that. But the character designer, the guy who, who has drawn all the characters, it's Takashi Okazaki, the creator of Afro Samurai. That is amazing. Cause yeah, I'm a huge fan of Afro Samurai, the animation. I never got into reading the manga personally, but in general, just that art style is so beautiful and it really, uh, comes through in Fury. I, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Is it cell shaded, so to speak, from a technical point? Or how, how did you accomplish that? Well, it's not cell shaded because cell shading has a black stroke on the outside. You know, all the characters and the lines, they have a yes. black stroke that makes it look like a, a manga or something like that. Here we, we have a, a much simpler 
art style and multiple design. It's a tune shader, very basic one. The thing is, more than the treatment itself of the textures, it's just that it's hand-painted, very simplistic textures. There is no detail. It's not very realistic. And also one strong guideline that was um, from the beginning for the game was to have every every shot that you can have in the game to be animated. So if you are looking at, at the background, at an environment, you will see sand, wind, flowers, uh, you know, leaves of the, in the trees that are moving, everything. There is always something moving on screen that makes it feel um, alive in a way. And also everything has to feel uh, surrealistic. So it's not uh, like you will see flying rocks, you will see um, fountains where the water goes from down to, <laughs> from bottom to, you know, from down to upwards. Uh, everything is like that. It's, it's uh, not a realistic world. It's very realistic um, concerns for the characters, but the world itself is not a, a realistic one. We didn't want to put this game in, you know, a, context where you have guns who fire bullets of, you know, there is no fire, it's only energy, it's all um, it's another another planet basically. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. In general, it's just it's a very unique experience and I, I had a lot of fun with it, so I implore our listeners to go check it out. But I just have a couple questions as far as uh, the Game Bakers, the studio that's responsible for it. Um, how long have you guys been around, and is this your first game? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question because I've read in reviews here and there, like, oh, from nowhere, Game Bakers uh, arrive and delivers this great game, and and it, like we were we are born like yesterday. <laughs> but the truth is, we've like my partner Audrey and our uh, lead engineer in the team we've been working at Ubisoft for uh, you know like 7 to 10 years before we created the Game Bakers and after yeah, we left Ubisoft we started the Game Bakers and it's been 6 years so we okay. have uh, <laughs> about 15 years in the game industry uh, wow. of experience and with the Game Bakers, we've released five games before Fury. So that's six games total. Okay. But we've released uh, mobile games before. Like we, we made AAA games with Ubisoft and we left. We started to make mobile games. We released a game called Squids and then again a game called Combo Crew and, uh, some other things that we made. And, and then we decided we wanted to go back to console and PC, PC gaming. So we started uh, Fury. Two years and a half ago. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, the team grew up because we, we we went from a team of of five to ten to a team of twenty, about twenty person person on Fury for two years. So okay. That's, uh, that's already a, a big a big uh, well, let's say indie team, but it's a big one. Yeah, that makes sense uh, in comparison to some of the other teams we've spoken to on this podcast. But I guess, um, and also, where is the Game Bakers located? Everywhere. Uh, that's actually, that's actually true. We have a physical studio in Montpellier, south of France. 
Okay. We are five in Montpellier, but the Fury, for instance, was developed in 13 different cities and three continents. We have someone in Canada. We have someone in the US. We have someone in Japan, in Sweden, in Poland. Uh, we have people everywhere in France. We have, we are what we call a, a studio in the clouds, meaning that we are all our pipeline is set up so that we can work with anyone from anywhere. That's very important to us that, that allows us as a small studio to work with the best, uh, all, all over the world. Oh, wow. We don't need to make someone, you know, leave his family or, or to pay a, a, a big, um, package for make someone move to France. We can work with anyone who has the talent and who wants to work with us. It's not a problem. We have the, the tools and we can, you know, we we share all our documents and everything with Dropbox, Gmail, Skype. Uh, all these tools that we have now is are very powerful. And I, as a designer, try to make the documents as visual as possible. So I never write uh, what we call a game design document. I, I, I don't do that. I just, I mostly do videos. So I okay. edit videos, I add comments in it, and then I share that with the team and just have to watch a video, which is much more, you know, appealing and uh, sometimes more visual than a block of text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, well, here's a question. So you did mention that you guys were originally working at Ubisoft and then went to form your own indie development team. Uh, what was it like working for Ubisoft, like a kind of mainstream game developer? And what was your main inspiration to go indie? Mm, working at Ubisoft was a very good experience. Uh, Ubisoft is a, is a very good company. It takes good care of its uh, employees. I learned a lot uh, when I, while I was there. I had the crazy chance to work with best people in Ubisoft. I worked at the direction, so I worked with uh, the, the, the founders of the company and also with the best creative directors, the best producers. So basically, it was my school. <laughs> I learned sure. a lot from, from this experience. But in the same time, I was a bit frustrated not to work on my own games and also by the size of the teams, the size of the, the length of, uh, how long it would take to make a game. When you work on a 400 people team on a game for four or five years, it's an experience, but I wanted, you know, to, we, we are not called the game bakers for nothing. I wanted something more like, uh, crafting a game. You know, you are a small team. You make all your love into it for a year and then it, it just chips and you are happy. So that, that was a strong, something I really wanted to, to do. And when the mobile games arrived and digital distribution, I thought, man, that's, that's my opportunity. I can, I can at least try. And if I fail, I have a good enough resume to, to, to find work after that. But we didn't fail, and it's six years after that, and I'm, we are still there. I guess um, my next question would be, uh, how long of a game would you say Fury is front to back? I know there's various uh, difficulty modes, mm-hmm. um, but I was just curious, what, what, what do you think the average uh, play time of Fury is? Mm, 
So it depends on the player skills because it's a skill based game. Mm-hmm. I would say for an average player, only the first story mode, mode basic difficulty, six to ten hours. That makes sense. Th- that's for the you know like you want to play the basic difficulty, finish the game, and then move to something else. That that would yeah. be six to ten hours. If you are into the game, you like it, or you want to spend more time in, into it. And a lot of the players who've played it and finished it so far are re- writing to us and telling us, ah, I want to play more, I want to play more. So these guys, they usually play the Furrier, like the hard mode, which is not just the same thing with uh, higher damage and uh, life points. It's a different design, like the, the enemies, they will do different patterns, they will have different timings, uh, defenses, and so on. Wow. That's a real different game mode. I really, really like it. Like my favorite bosses are completely different from the normal to the hard mode. I have two different set of favorites just because the game is very different. And then you have a speedrun mode, which is, uh, you know, race basically for all the bosses and you will get a ranking in the leaderboard. And we also have players getting crazy on this uh, leaderboard. And I, w- my own time that I've you know, I've been practicing for two years a game. My own time was beaten in 30, 30 hours. Like oh, wow. One day and a half and someone just crushed my time that I, I, it took two years to, to, uh, to make. I was, I was, uh, astonished by that. That's when you think to yourself, Oh, I got to call this guy up and hire him as a tester. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Exactly. Oh, wow. But, um, and then another thing I was thinking to myself, we did kind of touch on it earlier, but I guess is Fury, uh, your most successful game? Like, how has the response been? I know that it came out earlier this month. Uh, it's hard to say because, uh, our game Squids and Combo Crew have been pretty successful in the mobile, uh, you know, um, industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I can say it's, it has an incredible uh, player uh, response. The players, you know, it's it's a very. There is something to say about that. It's not a game for everyone. That's very important. It was never designed to be a game for, to please everybody. It yes. was designed to be a game that was, not for, the vast majority of people, but for the players that would like who would like it. They would not just simply like it. They would really love it. That, that was the target from the beginning. So when I read reviews that are, you know, some, we have a, a very, we have great reviews, but sometimes a reviewer is a bit like, ah, I don't like this. I don't like that. I couldn't beat the game. I'm pissed at the game. I'm frustrated. Yes, probably you are. <laughs> but at the same time, maybe the game was not for you. And yes. at the same time, maybe you can't ask, you know, you're, you're, you're reviewing an, a game the, the day after and you say, ah, oh, it's boring. It's, uh, we've played that already. So you can't ask for diversity and then blame developers for making something that is not for everyone. So this game is not for everyone. And I think, um, the response has been incredible from the people who were uh, the target from the beginning. M- better than I, I was expecting, actually. It was 
It's it's more players than I thought are really in love with the game. So that's a great great success. Great. And uh, yes, and the reviews are in the vast majority very very good, and the sales are going well. It's a bit early for us to say if it's uh, enough, but because it was a PlayStation Plus game for. It was uh, free for a lot of players, so... <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing I wanted to ask you about. It's, like, is that was that a particular marketing move that you were able to set up just to get the game in people's, uh, in front of people, or and so they could try it out and see if they want to buy it themselves, or what was your thought on that? Mm, well, PlayStation Plus, it's a bit like, you can see that as, as Netflix. They, they buy content, and they give it to the people who are subscribing to their program. So nothing is actually free. People are paying to be on PlayStation Plus, and and this money goes to the developer somehow. And it's either they either buy games that are finished to give them as free games to the PlayStation Plus subscribers, or they buy games before they are made. And that's what happened to us. We we went to Sony, we showed them uh, a prototype that we had, and they said, wow, this is good, we want to be part of this adventure. And they, give, they gave us money, and, and the, the deal was that we would be PlayStation Plus uh, in exchange. Interesting. Okay, I was always curious. Yeah, that's that's how it works. And, and it's a very... I think it's a very good deal, because it, it allowed us to make the game the way we wanted and then a lot of players are playing it. So in the end, I'm very happy about that. And then uh, we we also have uh, other platforms to to um, to get uh, our funding for the next game. So hopefully we'll be able to do that and uh, and make a new game. Oh, definitely. And that leads me to my next question: Do you foresee Fury being a franchise of so to speak, or do you want this to be a standalone title? I really want it to be a standalone title. Okay. It's been designed for that from the beginning. And even if it's a new Minecraft tomorrow, it's not going to be a franchise. <laughs> okay. Yep. Oh, I get you. That, that's why I ask. All right. And then, um, so do you have plans for, uh, the, the next game or is it too early to tell since you're still in the launch of this one? Yeah. It's, it's way too early for two reasons. <laughs> First, okay. It's too early, and second, <laughs> I don't have an ID so far. Like it's like I, I, it's still very, very rough. But it's probably going to be an action game because we have the knowledge. We've been, we've done three action games so far. Uh, the team is is good at that. We are good at that, so we're going to do an action game, and and probably we'll have some Japanese game design roots somewhere. But other than that, it's uh, it's really. I, I, I'm actually going in vacation in three days for a, a little while, and I'm gonna take this time to, to think and, and take a rest after this two uh, and a half year of, of hard work. Oh, nice. Yeah, that little break should be good for the creative juices <laughs> to exactly. get flowing. We really need that. It's, I was too, way too much into Fury for two years. Now I just need a, a true break. That makes sense. Yeah, two years, that'll do that to anyone over any kind of project. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I guess another question I have for you just as a personal gamer, uh, what have you been playing lately these days? Uh, so right now I'm playing Valkyria Chronicles Remastered, 
you know, okay. this, um, Japanese turn-based, actually real-time turn-based action RPG. Yeah. Uh, that, that came, uh, on PS3, but then just came back on PS4 as a remastered version. Oh, I didn't know it was remastered. That's great. I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's still, it's super cheesy. It's super cheap <laughs> in many ways, but it's so good. Like the gameplay is good. The characters are, are appealing and I want to, you know, know more about them and I want to spend more time in this universe. So I'm playing that with a great uh, delight. And um, before that, I finished Uncharted 4 um, with a mixed feeling, <laughs> but at least it's a, it's a great uh, entertainment product, let's say that. Okay, gotcha. Um and then another question I almost forgot to ask earlier was, what are some of the artistic and or game influences for Fury? Uh, it, I'm just sure there's a, a boatload. Uh, yeah, there are, but it's usually not what people think. Um, the initial inspiration, if I have to, to, to mention uh, movies instead of games, sure. were um, movies um, from the 80s, like Duel from Steven Spielberg, where you are, you see a guy, it's his first movie actually, and it's a guy in a car chased by a guy in a truck, and you don't know why, it's incredible. Oh wow. It's, it's, it's the first Spielberg movie, and it's absolutely fantastic, and it's just that, a guy in a car chased by a guy in a truck on a <laughs> desert road. And that's so strong, and you don't know why this guy chases you, and and you feel like you need. At first, you you wanna flee, but then you wanna fight him at one point. So that's that's a really good movie. Then you have the first movie of Ridley Scott, The Duelist. Like doing a duel movie is the, the first step to being a god of something. So I just tried to do the same, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ridley Scott made a, a movie called uh, The Duelist, where a guy always crosses the path another guy of another guy and he always challenges, challenges him to a sword duel. So that's uh, frightening after 10 years when you you arrive in a town and someone comes to you, oh, be careful, this guy is there, he's going to challenge you again. <laughs> so that's another great movie. And um, also Old Boy from Park Chan-wook. Oh, yes, uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, so this one, you, you, there is a, a US remake, but you need to see the Korean one. It's incredible. Okay. Uh, Korean are really, like, I think they are the second best after the US in making, uh, good thriller movies. Um, and, and this one is incredible. And, you know, the character starts and is taken away and put in a room for 15 years and he doesn't know why. So that's the start of the movie. So that's, that was a strong, a strong influence as well. So that that was the, the, the movies, and then I had other influences. I I practiced boxing for many years, so that was a strong influence in in uh, how the game is designed and how um, it's about uh, you know perseverance, uh, uh, training. Uh, the game is really prompting the player to train and to get better and not to to drop. So that's important. Yeah. And I- Yep. I was just going to say, I find it really interesting how all of those like movies really do apply to like the character and the, I can see how they are influences. That's really, and like you said, probably not what people are expecting. No. And gameplay wise, one strong influence was obviously there were 
crazy boss fights in Metal Gear Solid, No More Heroes, and God Ends, and stuff like that, but a very strong one was uh, the Super Punch-Out game, like Punch-Out series from Nintendo. Okay. It's a boxing game, it's a one-on-one fight in an arena, uh, it's like a boss fight, and the characters, they, they, know, they show a pattern, and you have to dodge or parry and then counterattack, which is exactly what Fury is. Definitely, that makes sense. Um, so, in speaking of the name of the game, Fury, like what what led to that choice? I, I think I'm, I'm sure there's more to it, but in my opinion, as a gamer, I just think to myself, the game is kind of rage-inducing if you're not good at it, and if it's like really you're getting on a boss that's like you're really struggling with. So, I can understand, like, yeah, Fury, a play on words there, but what mm. is that necessarily it? There is like there is a double a double meaning. There is the one that you said and a hidden one. I won't reveal here. Oh, okay, but it's actually the you know it's it's a very Japanese game, and it's actually has a, a meaning that is the meaning of the game uh, in the title if you pronounce it in the Japanese way. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I'll see if any of our fans are hardcore enough to uh, figure that one out. (laughs) Yep. But that's pretty cool. Um, and then I guess another thing that as I was playing the game, I'm, I'm just curious, why did you guys go with the, like the, the bunny rabbit masks? Like I know, for instance, as a fan of the anime Afro Samurai, I noticed certain characters had like teddy bear masks and things along those Mm -hmm. lines. Was that, uh, necessarily an influence by Mr. Okazaki himself, or is this something separate? Yeah, that's like before the way we worked with Takashi Okazaki was that we, I, I send him a brief. Like he came to France, I went to Japan, we worked together. But usually I would send him a brief by email. Oh, okay, we need this character. Here is his backstory. Here is his, his behavior, his attitude, his style. And here is the gameplay I want with him. And then we would design the character and I would usually change all my design because his character was so cool that I would update my design based <laughs> on his, his drawing. But for, for this character, the rabbit mask character was called the voice. Um, he has to have a mask in, in the backstory for some reason that is not ex- explicitly told in the game. Okay. And, and he, because he's such a Fan of, you know, um, animal plush toys masks that he also have in Afro Samurai. He made the rabbit, uh, probably because at one point in the brief, I mentioned, um, Alice in Wonderland and he was inspired by that. And I just fell in love with the rabbit mask. And later in the game development, he removed the mask and make, made another version of the character. And I, I told him, nah, nah, please come back to the rabbit mask. It was so good. Oh, nice. We went back to that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I personally thought it was a great choice. It just really added to the whole surreal kind of dreamlight state of everything. Exactly. I just, in general, I loved just uh, progressing through the levels. One thing I noticed was it, the game has an amazing soundtrack, so we should probably talk about that a little bit at some point. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to say during like the progressions between bosses it gave a great opportunity to really 
uh, you can hit X on your uh, if you're playing PlayStation to just have your character auto walk to the next area and get to embrace the music, the environment, and have uh, your like the other character explain certain things as you go. It was just really uh, immersive. Yeah, and actually, some players don't like that, but for me, it's. You know the boxing inspiration that I was talking about? Yes. It's, it's a lot of, uh, related to that. Cause you are, you are doing a very intense fight and then you can't just jump to another fight like that. You need this, this moment where you take a break. And for me, it's the same, the same thing. I used to, you know, do boxing in the ring and, 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 pro- I needed to get prepared, you know. I I I was in the in the locker room, and I needed to get prepared. So I put some music in my ears, tried to get you know fired up and and ready because I was going to go on the ring and get punched in the face. That was hundred <laughs> percent happening. So yeah. to do that, anybody is scared. Even the biggest boxers, they don't really want that to happen, but. Because they, they are into this and they know that Adrenaline will come on and everything. They need to get ready for that. So they try to get ready and listen to music and, and jump around. And then you, you go and you walk towards the, the ring and you, you enter the ring and you watch your opponent and, and here the fight starts. And that's exactly what's happening here. You are getting ready and you will notice if you, if you, if you check the music, it's always going a bit crescendo. Like it starts slow. And then, yes, and and then you arrive in the arena and the fight. There is an introduction of the character, and then you fight. Oh, totally. No, and I did get that vibe. It really did feel like you're you as you approach the boss, like everything was like kind of climaxing. It's like shit's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh, so that's wow. that's what you feel if you if you do boxing at least. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Very cool. And then as far as the the soundtrack, a couple questions briefly on that. Um so how was it like trying to coordinate an effort like uh with so many different electronic mm-hmm. artists? It was tiring. Yes. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> it was it was a lot of work, but definitely super worth it. Um let's say uh how it worked was um I same way I worked with Okazaki, I wrote a brief and I was uh, sending it to the musician. But it was also mostly a video brief. I recorded the footage that we had. I explained all the background of the character and I tried to give as much information I could as I could on the, the pace of the combat. Because... The goal was so that they were able to compose the music to fit to fit the the gameplay pace. The bosses they, they have different pace. Uh, the game is very fast paced, but still some are um, really about uh, reflex and timing. Some are more about being patient, shooting from far away. Uh, some are more about uh, uh, going from uh, defending to to counterattacking, so I tried to give that that feeling and the vibe of the characters, the environment to the musician, and then he worked something, sent me uh, a first loop. I I would give feedback and it would go back and forth, but 
I, I have made so many video brief, briefs, like so many pitches on each fight. <laughs> because obviously we, we have seven musicians under the, the game. They all made original music for their fights. Oh, wow. And they made, they made several, several fights, but we worked with many more musicians. And sometimes it didn't, you know, it just didn't work out. So I don't know. Maybe I made twice or three times more, more uh, briefs than that we have in the game. Okay, interesting. And I, I noticed that there's actually going to be a physical release of it on vinyl. Uh, what led to that decision? Um, well, just we wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. Know? No, I don't know what to answer other than that. We have a great soundtrack it's all original music we wanted to have a physical thing you know the game is digital only we wanted to have something physical we thought okay let's make the vinyl and and it's gonna be we don't, we're not gonna lose money at least we're not gonna earn any but if it's a you know a win-win uh thing where we get something physical we can have in our just for us actually yeah in the end I, i'm i'm glad that the fans can have it but i'm very glad i have the, the vinyl oh totally yeah seriously and honestly it's got it's really making a comeback these days so i thought that might have been like just a move on your part thinking seeing how there is like a, a resurgence so to speak and people purchasing vinyl because i don't know i just don't really see many other video games with their soundtrack on vinyl so in general you guys are super cool for doing that and i definitely plan on picking up a copy yeah that's cool but you know it's it's not about a marketing move or something where we can gain money it's it's never going to be actually profitable more than a couple hundreds of dollars it's going to be like a zero zero uh we're going to spend uh, i don't i i my partner knows the, the numbers, but we're going to spend that much and gain that much and it's going to be it. But just because it, 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 we don't lose money and it's so cool, we're, we, we are doing it. Yeah, that's true passion. And I can't thank you guys enough for this game because I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's funny when you were describing there's either the fans that get frustrated and drop it right away or there's the people that you were targeting it for. I feel like I'm one of the people you were targeting it for because I love the art style. I love the, it's just something fresh and to be perfectly honest, like my personal review is it's just very it's challenging t- enough to keep you wanting to like get past and get to the next boss and story-wise and visually it was just a blast so i highly recommend all of our listeners check out the game fury it, and if you're a playstation plus member you got a whole week left to get it for free um but th- we can't thank you enough for coming on to our show um before we end though and i have you do some plugs i always ask our game developers that come on our show this uh particular question do you have any advice for uh, aspiring game developers mm. Okay, I have one, and maybe it's not the one they expect. Okay. But uh, let's say I recommend not trying to do what you love, but try to do what you are good at. Okay. So if you are, uh, you just love AAA action games, Maybe you should not try to do that, especially if you are, uh, I don't know, if you, if you want to be a programmer and you're, you suck at programming, but you are a good 
you know, web programmer. Go that, uh, go do that and, and do that as your job and have fun, you know, doing programming on your, on your, uh, weekends or have fun playing games. I, I meet a lot of students and people who like to play games and because they love that, they want to make games. But sometimes it's different. Sometimes you need to do something you are good at. You will feel good at work and then you come back and you play games. Uh, being a game developer sometimes ruins being a player. So, um, <laughs> it's important to know that working is, is interesting and, and, uh, satisfying if you are good at what you do and you feel good at what you do, whatever you do. And then you have your, uh, your hobbies. So yeah, sometimes you want to be a game designer, but you are bad at communication. You are bad at uh, getting good ideas, but you are a pretty good organized programmer go do some programmation and and don't try to be a game designer and you are a good game designer and you want to be i don't know an artist or just just do what you're good at and and uh keep your hobbies intact <laughs> that's my advice okay great yeah i think that's totally solid advice and i think it's funny hearing it from that perspective you're totally right i bet uh being a game developer all the time would affect being a player so that's quite interesting but um i guess here's an opportunity for you though to tell our listeners uh how they can find the game bakers and fury yeah sure so fury is available on playstation 4 and uh and pc it's fury with an i that's the meaning that we were discussing earlier. So F-U-R-I. Mm-hmm. And, and you can find the Game Bakers on internet on, uh, thegamebakers.com. We have a website with our games and there is also a website called furygame.com. Uh, and with that, you have all you need to know. Oh, fantastic. And yeah, we'll include links to all of that stuff in our show notes. And listener, if you like our show, please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle's ABT Silence. I'm personally Twitch streaming every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. And like I said, we really can't thank you enough for joining us on our program. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you very much for me. It was a really good uh, interview. Thank you. Uh, no problem. We'll see you guys next week.